This case is about a young mother of two found dead inside a much older man's house, someone who offered to give her a ride home from a bar, a neighborhood bar. She was telling me that Jennifer, from what it looked like, she sat on the bed and pulled the, um, she used her toe to, um, to like, with, I think it was a rifle. And she used her toe to shoot herself in the face because it was like right here. And we were trying to even look at that. And I'm like, you know, that, that, that's not even possible. You know, she wouldn't do that in a million years. Like she has two kids. Her family suspects foul play. That's what I keep telling him. I just want that old man to spend time in prison. And he said, this is so stupid that you have to go through this for the for a piece of ass. Loved ones are turning to Facebook and podcasts like mine to keep the case in the public eye, not believing it was suicide. You're not going to ever stop. You're not. Yeah, we're not going to stop until we get justice for my daughter, Jennifer Myers. Before we dive into the case, I want to remind you that this is for mature audiences and might not be for everyone. I also want to thank investigators for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts and sharing the episodes. It's a way for you to be a part of the investigation, and reviews really help independent podcasts like this one get noticed. I'll read one after the episode. Now grab a glass of wine, get ready to take mental notes. Investigators, you're on deadline. From the Hollywood Hills to your ear holes, this is True Crime Deadline. A podcast discussing cold cases, murder mysteries, and completely random thoughts. Now, here's your host, a man who stands in front of crime scene tape and talks on the TV box for a living, Mr. Mystery himself, Matt Johnson. Investigators, thank you for joining me for this episode, Mystery, The Death of Jennifer Myers, where newly engaged mother of two in Wheat Ridge, Colorado, posted happy photos on social media, then went to a bar to day drink and dance, then was later found dead with a gunshot wound to her face. Kit McVeigh, and I'm Jennifer's aunt. My name is Nanita Myers. I'm Jennifer Myers' mother. Recently, I spoke with Jennifer's aunt and mother about what happened and their own investigation into Jennifer's death. We should note, no one has been charged with murder in this case, and no one has been named a person of interest for foul play. Police have closed the case, calling it a suicide. But family of Jennifer Myers want the case reopened. Here is their story in their own words and their own allegations. Tell me about Jennifer. Uh, she was um, my baby from another mother. <laughs> we, we were very close. Um, she made everything like the, the room light up every time she went in a room and she was just, you know, too friendly is, is what I've, I've told her because like she would talk to a stranger, even like not even knowing them from anywhere, you know, and she could be walking and she'll just say hi to them. And I'm like, don't do that. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's okay sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you, you just have to uh, pick a time and a place for it. Sort of like at that bar where she was. Sounds like she was really a special person, very, very outgoing. Mm-hmm. And you know, she, she was a mother. Yes, yes. She had two little babies. Um, uh, well, they're they're big now, but um, she was in the process of getting them from the her ex husband because she they they live in California and she lived in Arva, uh, Arvada, Colorado. And at that time, she just she was happy getting her life back together. She just got a, promoted from uh, Costco at her job. She just got engaged. Um, yeah, so everything was going for her. I mean, she was really happy, you know. And um, is that she, the sort of things that she was talking about with you on the phone? Maybe the last time you talked. Yes, and, and see, the thing was like the last time we talked, it was like, and I believe it was um, my birthday, February, uh, the month before, and she wanted me to go to Colorado. And, you know, at that time, uh, we were in Utah still for like going back and forth for my daughter's uh, chemo. And it was snowing and I hate snow. And I'm like, I'm not going to Colorado. There's more snow there right now, you know. And yeah, that was that was the last time that well, it wasn't the last time, but the last time was when it was my dad's birthday when we were waiting for her to come and yeah it was the 31st march 31st when when we found out what had happened on march 30th 2018 mother of two jennifer myers was found dead in a stranger's bedroom someone who she had just met at a bar that very day she was in the process of getting custody of her kids was newly engaged and excited to travel to her father to see him for his birthday. How did you find out? Was it a phone call or? Yes, um, I guess the the, um, detective had phoned my sister and we were all at my brother's celebrating my my dad's birthday and everyone everyone was there. And um, I got there a little bit late. And yeah, um, I guess Detective Reyna had called my sister and um, she was needing to have her go to Colorado to like identify the body and stuff. And they kind of like, she she told them like, you know, tattoos and stuff that uh, Jennifer had. And so my sister had an idea, but you know, even, even that it's like, you're you, you're just in denial in denial you just don't want to accept it and um when i finally got there my sister was in the car and she was like just crying and you know i'm like you know what's going on and uh she told me and i'm like no that you know that that no because she's supposed to come to my dad's birthday so i was like no and so we she got to talking to Detective Raina Moore, and um, that following night we flew 
um, to Colorado. And what were they telling you? You must have had so many questions like, how did she die? You know, what is the cause of death? What were they saying? It was, it was, they had so many different, um, what do you call that? Scenarios like when we, when my sister and I were separated when we got into the uh, police station and um, the, the detective Reina was in the room with me and she was just like telling me, she was telling me that Jennifer, from what it looked like, she sat on the bed and pulled the, um, she used her toe to, um, to like, with I think it was a rifle and she used her toe to shoot herself in the face because it was like right here and we were trying to even look at that and I'm like you know that that that's not even possible you know she wouldn't do that in a million years like she has two kids you know and she, she her life was going for her why would she do that She's, she just you know, spoke I'm, with her fiance. She was about to see her dad celebrate the birthday. Yes. You know, she has the two kids. She got promoted at work. Yes. What is going on? Yeah, yeah. And and apparently they they um, interviewed the ex husband because Jennifer uh, was um, uh, depressed when he was married to her to him years ago because he cheated on her and you know, got another chick pregnant. And so they started using that and started saying, oh yeah, she was depressed. You know, she was drunk, she was on drugs. And and if you read the police report, and I mean, the um, what do you call this? The autopsy report, um, the, um, uh, the one that did the autopsy said she even had cocaine in her system that would knock out a big person, a big guy. You know, and she only had, she, Jennifer, she drinks, you know, and there, there's no question about that. I mean, she, she drinks when she goes out, she drinks, you know, and for her to do that. And she had one picture and for them to say she was drunk, that, that can be because, you know, she, her body is so immune to it. One picture wouldn't just get her drunk. You know what I mean? Right. So, so how did she end up at this bar to begin with? Um, you know, what and how come her fiance didn't go? T- tell me what you know. OK, from what I know, the um, fiance was at work. He had to work and she wanted to go out because it was her day off. So she went to the bar, um, T-Bird. She knew this lady there because uh, she works with her at Costco. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later because later on she says she didn't really know Jennifer, but from, you know, the pictures and everything, they were friends. So she went there with Jennifer and Jennifer, you know, was, uh, there's pictures on her page and where she was having fun and she has her picture of beer and she's talking to everyone. And apparently she took her shirt off. Um, to because there was dancing and stuff like that, you know. And so I guess they said that she was so drunk that they had to um this owner Curtis, um, like they they stopped her from, you know, they don't they didn't give her any more drinks. 
So the um, Curtis told the, should I call him perp, William, Randy William, the guy, um, the perp, um, to give her a ride. I guess he's known to give people rides. And um, that bar also was also known for, you know, things happening with other women. But, you know, we'll focus on, you know, Jennifer. But um, I guess Jennifer Jennifer leaves with this man. He's a 64-year-old, older white man. And he is taking home this 31-year-old young young mother who is all of a sudden drop dead drunk according to these witnesses after one pitcher of beer and she's a drinker yes okay yeah. yes and before that though before they left um they apparently they called uber and he agreed randy agreed to give her a ride home and jennifer says no i can drive i live five minutes away so randy blocks her car with his truck so she could not leave he made her go in his truck and told her that she was he was going to drop her off to her house. And then they end up at his house. And so who knows what happened from five o'clock in the afternoon until 11, I believe, when he finally called. And if you listen to the 911 call. It was, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a detective. I'm not an audio, you know, where the, the EMT or, or the 911 dispatcher could hear Jennifer moaning in the background. And he asked, is that Jennifer? Because I guess he was, you know, Randy was trying to comfort him, her and, you know, trying to say, you know, it'll be okay. And so as soon as the, um, the, the, uh, dispatcher hears Jennifer um, if that was her everything gets quiet for a few seconds like you can hear the dispatcher saying you know is that her you know are you are you close to her you know can you can you can you give her the phone and there was nothing from Randy and then all of a sudden he gets back on the phone and mind you if you listen from the time he called the the 911, and the time he said no, he was outside. He was away from Jennifer now. There was no background change, you know, and, and we can't hear Jennifer anymore. Kit sent me a copy of what she says is a non-edited 911 call. Let's listen together. Jeff, I'm 911. What is the address of the emergency? 10710 West 46th Avenue. Okay, and just for clarification, repeat the address one more time for me. 10710 West 46th Avenue. 46th Avenue, okay, thank you. And what's the phone number you're calling from? Uh, on my cell phone, it's 605-580-9937. Okay, that's what I have. And what is your name? Randy Williams. Randy, tell me exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, I had about a girl over here, and I don't know, like she's bleeding pretty bad. All over the place, it was like, we had a sex earlier, I like to go get some cigarettes, came back, and she just bleeding all over the place. It's like, I ain't having a cigarette right away. Where is she bleeding from? From her, from her, I, I, 
time and on the on that phone call what i think i i i believe that you know since she was still moaning and like you know like trying to cry out for help and this guy this randy supposedly he's like a 20 30 year 
um, what is that? He he worked for for um, what is that? The ambulance, you know, to an EMT. So why wouldn't you help Jennifer if you had that much experience? And yes, so he even said that um, on his hearing when he was when he was. Um, Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, he, oh, so, so what happens after this phone call um, to 911? Police arrive to his place or um, paramedics arrive. What do you know? Uh, from what I know, um, from just reading the police report, he was um, outside, like um, maybe a few feet from on the on the sidewalk, waiting, supposedly waiting for the for the police, um, the detective and ambulance. And and he also didn't say that it was um, a gunshot wound. He said he didn't know what, uh, where she was bleeding from when he was close to her. He's an EMT experience yeah. mm -hmm. and doesn't know, and there's supposedly these weapons in his home, mm -hmm. or at least there's pictures. And she dies from a gunshot wound to her head. Yes. And he doesn't know where she's bleeding from, is what he tells yes. the first responders. Yes. Um, when when they when he was asked, the dispatcher, he's like, yeah, you know, she's drunk. I think she fell because there's, you know, there's a step to go on the bed. Um, she fell and hit the, um, the nightstand. And so even even with that, with all the police reports and the detective detective reports, they said that without even looking and going in the room and just looking from the outside of the room, they can see that Jennifer's half of her face was gone and and her, her you know, there's blood everywhere. And also like with the detective, um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures to where the blood is, is smeared all over her. But according to the detectives, she crawled while, you know, half of her face is gone. Is what what did um, police detectives, when they're investigating this initially, what did they take from the home? Um, the gun, when, I mean the rifle when the they found it in the back that's what he was uh, charged with um tampering with evidence and that's it um they took other other um shotguns and uh, that he hid you know and but he's he's denying that he knew that they were there and that they were his or anything did he have a roommate was he the only one living there um he said that there his uh, the one that um owns the bar is his roommate but he hasn't been there for a long time apparently he moved out so shortly after all of this um you said that he's charged was he arrested was he taken into custody for yes. the weapon possession yes yes uh initially he was he was taken in for um um murder but after um, the what they the, the detective what they've done, you know, they said, oh well, you know, it's a suicide, and so he was only charged for tampering with evidence, and 
uh, apparently she had consensual sex with him also. And we're like, no way, <laughs> no way. And they didn't even do, we asked for a rape kit. They didn't do a rape kit. We asked them to do a um, polygraph. They said that that wouldn't be needed. So he was just charged with tampering with evidence and he served about three months in jail. And he got transferred to Washington, wherever it is. But um, yeah, and you know, with, with all of those things, um, this detective was more focused on the page that I created for her. So I don't know how that affected her investigation because um, on her report, it was all about me. <laughs> what I said, what, what, you know, what I posted. And, you know, I'm like, well, it, it, it's like, how could you say that the blood she was crawling after she supposedly shot herself, you know, in the face, you know, if you look at the blood, it's smeared. It's like someone tried to hide evidence with her blood, you know? And so it's like smeared everywhere. And there's were spots on her hand where it looked like she was even duct tape, you know? Have you ever had any outside professionals, experts in law enforcement look at any of this or have you ever reached out to them? I've tried, um, I've, I've sent um, her story, you know, everything that I, all the pictures and police reports and they haven't really gotten back to me. The, the one that I um, contacted, um, he was on um, Discovery Channel where he did um, autopsies and stuff. And he said that he couldn't do it if I, he couldn't do, um, review the, go over the, the autopsy report and the pictures unless it was somebody else that would um, request it. It couldn't be family members, it couldn't be friends. So I was like, well, I don't, I don't know who would do that, but, uh, but he was- have you had any luck with any tips or any new information since you've uh, started your Facebook page? And, you know, tell everybody how they can look into it, your, your page. It's Justice for Jen, right? Yes, Justice for Jen. Um, it's just uh, Justice and then the for Jen. And um, there's pictures and there's police reports. And if you guys could just look at that and um and give us tips and i i had uh, two people tell me that um well messaged me saying that they believe that curtis was guilty of murdering jen and raping her and then a few days later i couldn't respond to her anymore because she deleted her page so um I, it's like every every uh, lead that we got, even um, Curtis's, which was the owner of the bar, uh, Curtis's uh, stepson, um, when we had got a hold of him, but then all of a sudden he just kind of like disappeared too. So we couldn't get a hold of him or anything. And we so what was the relationship between the owner of the bar where Jennifer's last seen 
and um, the man, you know, Randy, where Jennifer ended up in his home. So what is the relationship between these two? They're best friends. Best friends. And, and what do we know about the background of, of Randy? Um, from what we know, um, he had some run-ins. I forgot where it was, um, where he lived, but uh, he had some criminal records, as well as the, um, the roommate or ex-roommate, the owner of the bar, Curtis. He had um, criminal backgrounds also. Anything so, violent towards women or anything of that nature? Yes, we just couldn't get the full report of it. Um, but the um, the detective wouldn't disclose any of those to us. They, I guess, she thinks that we would, you know, use that against him. But uh, wouldn't that be relevant to what happened to Jennifer? You know, but. They, yeah, after, after the, um, her, what, what they decided. Is Nanette, um, Jennifer's mom? Yes. Yes. I'm going to let her in this, um, okay. Conversation. Hi, Nanette. Hello. How are you? All right, hanging in there. How are you? I appreciate that. Uh, you taking a few moments to talk with me. Now, I've been talking to um, Jennifer's aunt. She's here with us right now. Okay. Kit already talked about this. I just really was hoping if you could just share with me a little bit more about how you miss your daughter and, and what she very was like. Very much. You know, every night I cry thinking about her. And I keep asking, why did she leave me? But it's not really her. It's that old man that did it, you know? So, and it's very hard, very hard. How have you been able to, to make it through to this point? <laughs> you know, I've tried to, like, follow her right away, but since I have to take care of my dad and my mom and they're the one that's holding me, you know, but now my dad is gone, you know, I'm like, it's so hard, very hard. You've had a lot of loss. What, yeah. what do you miss the most about Jennifer? Oh, she calls me all the time. You know, and then uh, she wants me to go see her and then she comes down, you know, and every holiday and yesterday was my birthday. I miss her telling me, you know, happy birthday, mom, calling me. Sometimes she comes down for my birthday, you know, and I know she's, oh, God, I, I miss her so much. Yeah. What would her life be like now? I mean, when all of this happened, she was about to get married. She just bought a new motorcycle. Yeah. You know, she she had two little kids. You know, they're still growing up. So tell me about, like, how you envision her life would be like today. Oh, very happy. Because, uh, like, yesterday morning, her fiancé texted me wishing me, you know, a happy birthday. And she's he still loved me and he was he's gonna come down next month to see me 
you know, and I know they would have been very happy. I mean, and that's what she wanted for a long time. And if, you know, if her life wasn't taken away, I mean, she would have had her kids with her, you know, because she wanted her kids, you know, over there with them, you know, and it was in the process of, you know, uh, getting them. But then this thing happened. I mean, it, it, it was, I don't know, I, it just hurt so much. And it still does. You're wiping away oh, tears yeah. during this interview. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I always look up and looking for signs. You know, I wanted her to like uh, show me signs that she's with me, you know, and I do feel her sometimes you know so what does she say to you i love you mom and sometimes i just feel i get goosebumps you know and they said that that's probably your loved one you know by your side giving you hug or something and i do believe that you know do you um i already know the answer to this question but I'm going to ask you, um, because police are pointing to suicide and they're saying that she had been depressed in all of this. You're probably the person that is no, you've known her her whole life and probably one of the closest people to her, even until the end. And um, do you ever think that she would have ever committed suicide? Oh, no, no, because her life was, you know, it's starting to be better. I mean, she was about to get married that year. I mean, why would she do that? And she's about to get her kids. I mean, she was about to get married. I mean, why would a person, you know, and he loves his or she loves her, you know, the fiance and everything. I mean, I, I don't think she's, you know, all this uh, detective and the cops, you know, I think they were protecting that old man because the owner of the bar, he owns a motorcycle store too. And, you know, cops, they go there to get their stuff fixed for probably free. You know, I think everybody was protecting him. Everybody. What's next for you and your fight and your family? It's so hard getting a lawyer from Denver because it it feels like they're all protecting him because nobody wants to take our case, you know, and and we can't get a lawyer here because it didn't happen here in California. You have to have a lawyer in Denver you know so but we're still trying and you know I started writing a letter to Dr. Phil but I wanted my my oldest daughter to you know to read it before I send it because you know my English is not really that good really I think it's great (laughs) and by the way happy birthday oh thank you so much yeah thank you yeah well I, I really do hope that you Keep me posted on everything. 
Um, if there is anything new with the case or the persons of interest or if how things move forward, I do want you to keep me posted, please. Okay. Okay. I haven't been, uh, you know, I haven't looked at uh, Justice for Jen's page because my sister posted some pictures and I, I don't want to see that, you know. I think so. that might be a little bit tough to look at. So I, I think that that's probably good. But um, I think that sometimes um, pictures um, may trigger people to come forward with information. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I think it's not, she even told me, my sister, not to, you know, to, as it is, I'm having trouble, you know, believing that she's gone. You know, I'm still thinking that she's just, you know, in Denver and busy, not, you know, not, don't have time to call me yet, you know. But sometimes, you know, I feel like texting my, my uh you know her fiance is there anything else that i haven't asked you um we pretty much went over a lot of it right do you think that jennifer was drugged in the at the bar yes i'm sure they did because they were giving her shots and the bartender and the manager probably were in on it and i'm, I'm sure they did I'm sure they did. If you read the uh, police report, oh my gosh, it's everything is right there, you know. But they don't wanna look at it. That that's what happened, you know. I mean, what sticks out to you on the police report? It's about the you know because it's everybody that they uh, interviewed tells tells different and then one of the girl the uh that's she says uh when her boyfriend called her that you know something happened over there where they live you know close to what where they live she said oh did randy rape that girl why would she say that if she didn't know anything you know i mean it's and we got a lawyer before and now they interviewed her and she didn't want to, she said she just said that because you know that's what you actually say when things happen like that and she didn't want to you know testify so the lawyer told us that we don't have enough evidence because she didn't want to testify so he dropped us he just wanted money from the bar the, the lawyer that we got yeah, he thinks it, the bar has uh, insurance or something. Walk me through the timeline again of, you know, how she's feeling, what she's doing before she makes it to the bar. She was fine. If you look at the pictures from that day that she posted on her Facebook or, yeah, you know she was fine she was happy she was you know she saw a dog by you know at the bar and she even texted her fiance oh i want dog like this you know and she had picture with that so-called friend that now she's saying that she's not a friend you know and the three girls 
she took pictures with and be, she was all happy i mean you know you you i don't know but you know this detective says suicide so i think someone else did it yeah randy is not the one that did it because when he was walking you know to go to the inside the house the you know you can hear the sound but somebody did it how can you you know how, she was wearing socks and how can you do that with a rifle the detective said she did it with her toe i mean you know and they were saying there's a puddle of blood two places that you know she probably you know moving around how can you move around when your face half of your face is gone you know i mean it just thinking about it i mean you know it's hard to imagine i mean my daughter would do that to herself especially to her face she loves her face she's a very beautiful girl you know she can even go out without makeup on and you know and i told i keep telling her you're beautiful without makeup on but she won't believe me <laughs> so but yeah i think everybody over there protected that man Do you think that there was someone else in the house with both of them? I think so. I think so. That the owner of the bar it, and his brother they were all in on that. And I, I I'm sure they they uh planned it because all the people at the bar knows Brandy you know cuz he's regular over there and also he's a friend best friend of the bar owner and they used to live together thank you again for taking the time to talk to me oh, i know that it's thank hard. you i mean you know i hope you know that this is a start i mean you know to get the story out there you're not going to ever stop you're not yeah we're not going to stop until we get justice for my daughter Jennifer Myers again no one has been charged with murder in this case and no one has been named a person of interest for foul play police have closed the case calling it a suicide but family of Jen Myers want this case reopened you can learn more about the case and see case photos for Jen Myers on the justice for Jen Facebook page and my website truecrimedeadline.com and if you have any information in the case please call police investigators until next time thank you for investigating true crime deadline with matt johnson for more information about the podcast visit truecrimedeadline.com and remember all tips regarding a case should go to the police until next time This season dedicated to my best friend, my French bulldog, my crime-fighting canine, Mr. Gatsby, who is now in doggy heaven. From both of us, please hug your pet tonight.
Mr. Gatsby want a cookie? Good boy. Now a post-episode shout-out to investigators who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. Again, writing reviews really help independent podcasts like this one get noticed. We're up against those networks, studios, TV channels, you name it. It's easy, it's free. Please hit 5-star, subscribe, maybe tell a friend, write a review, and if you do, include your real name and your podcast name if you're a podcaster because I want to give you a proper shout-out. This one comes from Scarletta. It says, true crime deadline in the headline. I like how you present your podcast. Simple enough. Thank you. That really helps. Um, I appreciate it. Investigators, until next time.